come on if that's how you feel today would you lift your hands all over this place God we long to be in your presence God more than anything else God you see our world you see the turmoil God we are so thankful that we have this place that we can come to God, not only this literal building, God, but you said that the very name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run into and be saved. God, we're thankful today that we have you. God, and more than anything, we long to be in your presence. We long to entertain you, O King of kings and Lord of lords. I praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, praise team. Amen for your sensitivity to the Holy Ghost today and for leading us in worship. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you are thankful to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen, 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 amen. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 13. I'm going to read in the Passion Translation. They'll have it on the screen for you. Come today with such a burden. I've prayed and I've asked God to just somehow help me to help it all make sense today that our hearts would be stirred before we leave the house of God. Mark chapter 13, begin reading at verse 32. He says, concerning that day and exact hour, no one knows when it will arrive. Not the angels of heaven, not even the Son, only the Father knows. This is why you must be waiting, watching, and praying. Because no one knows when that season of time will come. For those days can be compared to a man who was about to leave on a journey. But before leaving, he placed his servants in charge and gave each one a work to do while he was away. And then he commanded the watchman to be on guard at all times. So I say to you, keep awake and alert. For you have no idea, Hakaba. For you have no idea when the master of the house will return. In the evening, at midnight, at four o'clock in the morning, or at dawn. Be alert, for he is coming suddenly and may find you sleeping. And what I say to the four of you, I say to everyone, be awake at all times. Father, today, God, we need you. We need to be awakened. Oh, I see a slumbering God. Oh, slipping off into a deep sleep, not knowing the hour, oh God. Not knowing that it is right at the door. I pray, oh God, that you would help us to awaken, to be alert, oh, at all times, ever watching, 
always praying, ready for the return of you, Jesus. I pray today, God, whatever measures you need to take, whatever you need to say, whatever you need to do, God, to wake me up, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Wake me up today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. You can be seated this morning. Today, for just a little while, I want to talk to you about alarms. Alarms. If there was ever an hour that we need to be awake, it is the hour in which we are living right here and right now. We have found ourselves worn down and weary and worn out. A tiredness has crept in and a weariness has settled on even the people of God. We are closer to the coming of the Lord than we have ever been. You say, well, Brother Landon, I know that. We say that all the time. We've been saying that since I was a child. My grandparents used to say that we are so near the coming of the Lord. And if they felt that way, and your parents felt that way, and you have felt that way, and you tell your children the very same thing, then surely we are closer to the coming of the Lord today than we have ever been. Second Peter 3 says that in our day, That there would be people declaring the coming of the Lord. There would be preachers. There would be heralds and alarms that would come telling others that God is coming soon. That God is so near. But we've heard all that before. And so what happens is we start to doubt and we start to question. And even not believe it ourselves. Second Peter 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. And they will say, where is the promise of His coming? I thought you said He would be here by now. I thought you had 88 reasons why He was coming in 88. I thought that you heard He was coming in the year of 2000. I thought we were basing all of this on the Mayan calendars. I thought by now God would be here. But nothing has changed since the fathers have fallen asleep. The message says mockers are going to have their pity feelings and share them. They'll mock. So what's happened to the promise of His coming? Our ancestors are dead and buried. And everything's going on just as it has from the day of creation. Nothing's changed. He hasn't come back. Are you even sure He's coming back? Or are you, have you lived this whole life for God, abstaining from all of these things that you were meant to enjoy? Have you gone through this life simply hoping and praying that when either death calls your name or he calls your name in a resurrection and a rapture that you'll make it? Or maybe all of this is just made up. Where is the promise of his coming? Why has he not returned yet? He said, don't overlook the obvious here. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years. And a thousand years as a day. God is not late with His promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining Himself on account of you. Holding back the end because He doesn't want anyone lost. 
He's giving everyone space and time to change. But when the day of God's judgment does come, it will be unannounced like a thief. In Matthew 24, his disciples come to him. They're worried about what this day will look like. And they are wondering, what what is that day going to be? And how will we know? And he said, what shall be the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? He said, many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences, and earthquakes in divers places. All of these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Down to verse 32, he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. When you see all of these things, it's an indicator for you. It's an alarm for you to wake up and realize things are unfolding and things are happening and summer is almost here. He said it's the same way with that day. When you start to see wars and rumors of war, when you start to see earthquakes and pestilences, when you start to see brothers fighting amongst each other, when you start to see people coming against the church and the body of Christ and the man of God, then you know it's right here upon you. It is so very close. It's happening in our world right now. Not just earthquakes, not just pestilences. All of it is happening right now. There's brother against brother. There's blacks versus whites and browns versus yellows. It's everywhere and it's divisiveness from the enemy and we call it out today we're not ignorant we see it we're awake today to what is going on and we're not having it we're going to listen to the voice of God we're going to be alert and aware of the hour in which we are living in today persecution of the church is not just happening overseas anymore it's happening Right here. There are men of God this week, many of them receiving text messages from some person wanting to go around and cause trouble, sending out blast text messages. I received one myself of somebody saying that we are leaders of people and we serve the Satan. So we're sinners and we are servants of sinners and we are servants of Satan himself. And they're trying to stir trouble against men of God in our organization. They're putting emails out there of our pastors and our board members. They're trying to tear them down and blast them. And it's people coming against the church here, here. It's happening And this is not so you run and fear and worry. He said, this is so you know 
it is so close. This is so you know I am right here. He said, watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. He would have made sure he was awake. It would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. If he had known he needed to be awake and watching, he would have been awake and watching. But we get so accustomed to our routine. We get so accustomed to the life that we're living. And we've heard it all before. We've heard that He's coming soon since we were little kids. And we just, we've gotten caught up in the things of this life and our, our day to day duties that we've quit watching and we've quit praying. I've come to tell somebody this morning it's time that we rise up and open our eyes and keep watch like never before. Romans 13 and 11, He said, And that knowing the time, that now, It is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believed. It's closer now than you even thought. It's closer this Sunday morning than you even realize. It may not happen tonight. And it may not happen tomorrow. But whenever you have in your mind that it's going to happen, it's going to happen so much sooner than that. It's going to happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, before you can breathe one more breath, before you could send one more text message, before you could do one more thing, before Before you could clap your hands or stand up, it's going to happen in a moment. So now it's time to arise and awake out of sleep. First Thessalonians 5, he said, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. We do not have time to sleep. We do not have time to rest. In Ephesians 5, sleeping is equivalent to being dead in the spiritual aspect. Don't let your house be broken up. Don't let your house be a place where casualty happens because you were asleep. The thief knows when to come. The thief knows he needs to wait until nighttime. He needs to wait until it's dark. And he needs to wait until you're asleep. He's not ignorant. He is sitting there waiting on the perfect opportunity. He's waiting on you, child of God, to start slumbering before he makes his move. He's not worried about you on Sunday morning when you're shouting and you're worshiping. He's watching you for the moment you go home. And on Monday and Tuesday, you start growing lax and you begin to slip off into a slumber. Don't let him find you sleeping on the job. We don't have exact timing. We don't have the year, the month, the day, the hour, the minute. So we have to always be ready. He gave us signs to watch for. He gave us warnings and signals and these alarms. And he's trying to wake us up from spiritual slumber. As he did with his disciples in the garden at such a crucial hour. When he tells them, could you watch and pray with me? This hour is more important than you even realize. Would you watch and pray with me? 
And you know that they go and they sit there and he goes a little further and he comes back and he finds them sleeping. Oh, it's such a crucial hour. If there was ever a time I needed my church to be alert and to be watching and praying, it's now. And yet I have come and I find you sleeping. Can you awake and watch and pray with me for one hour? And the moment he turns his back, they slip back off into slumber again. Falling asleep again and he comes back. Oh, could you not watch and pray with me for one, not even one hour. You can't stay awake for one hour at such a crucial time. He's trying to wake us up from that spiritual slumber. He's saying the outcome of not watching and not praying is what happens to the disciples. You enter into temptation. When you are not watching and you are not praying, you are found sleeping. Daniel 7, speaking of the end times, it says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High. And he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And think to change times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and a times and the dividing of time. He wants to weary you to exhaustion. He wants you to be so busy and so bombarded and so tired that he can get you to sleep. All he needs is you to fall asleep for just a moment. For it's when you are sleeping that things show up in your life that you never thought would be a problem. It's when you are sleeping that something appears and you thought, now, how did this get here? How did this happen? Because all you ever did was try to do the right thing. You tried to make your home a safe place, but there came a moment you closed your eyes for a moment and you slipped off to sleep and you thought, I've set up godly principles in my home. I've prayed with my children. I've done devotion with my children. I've brought them faithfully into the house of God. All the while, the enemy's just sitting back and he's watching you as you sow your good seed. He's watching you do the things that you know to do and he's waiting for his opportunity for the the word of God says that while men were sleeping, that the enemy came and he began to sow tares among the wheat. He began to plant confusion and chaos where you thought you had put order, where you thought you had put enough boundaries around your children. He came in in the night. He came in while you were sleeping and he started sowing some things. And when you come out the next day, there's people there that are saying, how did this show up? How did this get here? How did this happen? And he said, it happened because the enemy did this. He did it while you were sleeping, while you were not awake and paying attention. He waited on the perfect moment to strike. He waited until you were weary. He waited until you were tired and slumbering. And then he came in and he started to sow discord. He started to sow confusion and disaster. Where you had order, he came and planted chaos. But what would have happened if the men had been awake when the enemy showed up? What would have happened if the enemy would have came that day with his tares 
And he got there and he approached some men of God that said, you're going to have to turn away. Well, it's nighttime. You should be asleep by now. Not in this hour. What I've done means more to me than you realize. We're too late in the game for me not to keep watch. We're too far down the road for me not to be awake and alert. So devil, adversary, I'm going to stay awake all night long. And I've got some men here with me. I've got some ladies here with me. And we are going to stand against you in this hour. We're not going to let you come in. Not at this hour. It's too important. We're going to stand. And the Bible says when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. When you take a stand and say, I don't care what hour it is. It may be midnight. It may be two in the morning, but I'm not going to sleep in this hour. I'm going to stand boldly and I'm going to declare that God has given this to me and I'm going to watch over it. He's waiting on that perfect moment to strike. He knows. He's calculated. That spirit is so manipulative. It knows exactly what to do and when to do it. So you better wake up and pay attention. You better make sure that you're alert and awake at all times. First Peter 5 and 8 says, Be well balanced and always alert. Because your enemy, the devil roams around incessantly like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. He walks around so subtly, so quietly, hiding in the grass. And he is waiting on the moment you stumble. He's waiting on the moment you slip off into sleep. He's waiting on the moment that you think you're not paying attention anymore. And then he's going to prowl on you and he's going to destroy you. Lions know how to go after the weak. They know how to go after the wounded and the tired. Don't let him find you sleeping. It doesn't always happen in just a moment. It happens by wearing away. Judges 16 says, and it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words. Delilah came in and daily with her words pressed him. Oh, Samson, tell me where lies your strength. Tell me all of your secrets. Tell me your heart. Tell me those deep places of your heart, Samson. Oh, I can't do that. I can't tell you where my strength comes from. I can't go down that road. But the Bible says she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. She wore him down to nothing daily, nagging and nagging until one translation said he was so tired of it he wished he would die. Then he told her, He finally caves in and says, if I be shaven, then my strength will go from me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. The enemy wants you to be just like any other man. The enemy wants to rob you of your strength so that you're just like everybody else. 
that you're not special, that you're not called apart, that you're not set apart. He's wanting to withdraw that strength from you. And so every day he comes at you with words. He comes at you with accusations. He comes at you with struggles and troubles and trials. He doesn't have to make you fall on day one. He doesn't have to make you backslide on the first Sunday that you feel that slipping away. He just has to keep at it over and over and over again until your mind is so tormented and you say, all right, all right, enough, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where my strength comes from. But even then, I want you to watch. Verse 19, she made him sleep upon her knees. She lulled Samson to sleep with his very head in her lap. For Delilah knew if he is awake, it doesn't matter how many men I call. He's going to destroy all of them. But if I can just softly rock him to sleep. If I could just make him think everything is normal. And everything is good in his world. And there's no harm here. And I'm not letting anything happen to him. Where he's safe going to those places. And he's safe watching those things. And she's safe listening to this and that. And participating. And if I could just get them to the place where they just comfortably ease into it and fall asleep. Then I know I can take him. And take away his strength. This is why it is so important to be awake at all times. For sleepiness slows reaction time, it decreases awareness, and it impairs judgment. So today I sound an alarm. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Alarms. They are meant to alarm you. While the extreme would be that an alarm was meant to cause someone to feel frightened disturbed or in danger. The true purpose of an alarm is that it be a signal or a loud noise, a flashing light, something that would warn you and alert you that danger is near, that there is an intruder, that something is in your presence that can harm you. An alarm, a herald, a preacher, a watchman is not there to cause you disturbance. It's not there to cause fear in you. It's there to say, wake up, wake up, wake up. You've got to realize what hour it is. You've got to see what's near. You've got to see the trouble that's around you. Let's take a listen to some of those alarms right now.
And not one of those is meant to annoy you. It's there to alert you. It's there to give you fair warning. And people have gone out of their way to do their part. To find a way that you can be safe. To find a way to tell you there is danger near where you are. And where your family is. But we hear some of those and we laugh. We hear some of those and it does strike a chord of fear because we've had to hide in shelters. We've never been in a storm like that before and we hear the siren or perhaps those that are about to be in an airstrike hearing that sound and an alarm that tells you, you better find cover. You better find shelter. You better find somewhere and you better get your family and you better get your kids and you better make sure you get into a place that you can be saved. That alarm is not there to annoy you. It's not there on the side of your bed for you to reach over and slap and hit the snooze button so that you can keep sleeping. The alarm is there to awake you. It's there so that if you're sleeping in the night and you hear that sound, it would cause you to sit up and say get the babies get the kids get our so we got to get somewhere safe the hour is upon us and something is happening when that day comes there's not going to be time for anybody to say get to church get to an altar get into the house of God he said when that day comes it's going to be a thief in the night it's going to happen so quickly so listen to the warning Listen to the alarm now while you still can. A couple of weeks ago, my wife had some toast in the oven and she opened the door and one of the pieces of toast was smoking and it set off the fire alarm. Well, of course, we're there and we know what just happened and we see everything unfold and so it doesn't really trouble us. But the moment it was over, and I've laughed about it, but it stirred me this week so deeply. The moment that it was over, Cohen was nowhere to be found. Because Cohen had run out the front door, not knowing what had happened. See, we become desensitized to those nuisance alarms that just drive us crazy when all we're trying to do is our daily duties. But for somebody that's never heard that alarm before, it stirred him so desperately that he just ran out the door to take cover and he didn't really know what was going to happen next. And we asked him, what were you doing? He said, I thought there was fire. I thought I wasn't safe. I didn't know what to do. And so we talked to him about what we do if something like that happens. And we've talked to him about it since then and it comes up all the time. But for the alarms we are familiar with, we despise. And we grow accustomed to them and no longer respond. The alarm beside my bed on my phone that wakes me in the morning does not relent. The weather alert that would come on the most inconvenient time. Or the notifications that would show up on my phone and tell me there's a tornado near, I need to take shelter. Well, after four or five times of me doing that and no tornado ever showing up, I kind of ignore those. In fact, I find out on my phone where I can turn those off because they annoy me. They drive me crazy. They're interrupting my life. They're interrupting my sleep. 
and they're affecting me. Maybe the first time I acknowledge them and maybe the second time. But after so many warnings, we finally begin to ignore the very thing that was meant to keep me safe. How many have ignored those and lost their lives because we've heard it before? We didn't take it seriously because it goes off all the time and I've heard it all before and it never is the way they say it is and I'm not taking shelter. I've, I've, I'm not doing that tonight I, because it's done that every time a storm is around and then the tornado actually does come and destroy their home. The seatbelt light that's the constant dinging. That we get so annoyed with, yet it is there as a reminder and a safety feature for you and the ones that you love. Those lights that remind you it's time to change your oil or your tire pressures are low or you're 17 miles till empty. But you say, well, actually, I know that I can get to empty and still drive 34 more miles. I've pushed past those warnings enough and I've pushed past those alerts and alarms enough that they no longer affect me anymore because I know. I know how to handle my vehicle. I know my limitations and how far I can go. Burglar alarms that do strike a chord of fear in most cases turn out not to be anything. Between 94 and 98% of them in America turn out to be false alarms. Even here at the church so many times, and you've probably heard it, this fire alarm because a wire's messed up or one of our... Detector, somebody was sweeping in the foyer and dust got picked up and the fire alarm goes off or it it just gives a notification and it calls the fire department and they've had to show up time and time again only for us to say it was somebody sweeping or it's a faulty wire or there's nothing. And you know what we're trying to do? We're going in the back room and we're just pushing silence, silence, silence. You're ignore, you're annoying me. It's driving me crazy. That noise, it's in my head. But there would come a day where we would be so thankful for that fire alarm if there was actually a fire here. And we would say, I'm so glad we didn't turn that off. I'm so glad we didn't become desensitized to those things. There are no false alarms with God. Every word that he says is true. If God says wolf, then you better know there's a wolf there. He's not crying wolf to toy with you. He said, I send you out as sheep among wolves. If God is trying to alert you and tell you you're getting too close to something or you're getting too far to the edge and you're slipping too far away, it's not God toying you. It's God trying to wake you up and say, I'm not playing with you. Those are wolves out there and they will destroy you if you will let them. But if you will heed my voice, you can be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And I'm going to give you the ability to walk among those wolves and be safe but don't for one second don't realize what is around you the other night at my home I walked into our room and I looked up and subconsciously I guess I saw something but I didn't realize I saw it until a few days later but I went and laid down in bed that night and I stirred in my sleep had this vision, this dream that and I thought, man, I need to write that down. It's good. It, it touched me so much. And I, I was in my mind, I need, to, I need to write that down or type it in my phone. But here's the problem. I was sleeping. And though I stirred awake, 
and had that moment of you need to roll over and write this down or type it. I had, oh, but this is such a good thought. This has touched me so much. I'll remember it. It's that good. And so I closed my eyes and went back to sleep. When I woke up the next day, I knew what I had felt. And I knew that in the night I had felt that word so heavy and so strong. And I sat there and I weeped because I was like, God, I don't remember. I felt so bad. I felt conviction on me as I should. And I sat there and I thought, oh, all all because sleep took precedent over what God was trying to speak to me in those early hours of the morning. And I just closed my eyes and thought, no, it'll, it'll still be there tomorrow. It'll still be there tomorrow. But sleep had taken precedent over the word. Sleep had taken precedent on what God wanted to say. And yesterday while I was in here praying, I wasn't even praying about this. I wasn't even praying about this service today and this message. And God took me back to what I saw that night and reminded me of what I had dreamed about. But that night as I walked into my room, I saw something that I didn't really realize I saw until God brought it back up to my memory. And as I did... He took me back to right outside of our bedroom door was that little smoke detector with the latch open and the battery out. Why? Because of that sound you heard a little while ago, that constant chirping that happened in the night while I was sleeping one night. And everything I tried to do would not get it to stop. And so I finally removed the source Can't wake me up now. Not going to keep me up now. I'm going to get my sleep. And God began to stir me. And say, yeah. My people do that with other alarms too. They go and pull out the source. They remove that very thing. That's there to alert them of danger. That's there to awaken them out of their sleep. And you say, oh God, but sometimes hearing the preacher talk about it over and over, it just gets tiresome. Hearing these same stories and these same scriptures about the end time, we hear them over and over and over again. And God is sitting there saying, I know because I'm trying to alarm you. I'm trying to awaken you. And as I sit there, Seeing that smoke detector there with the battery out, I thought, my, I know the one downstairs hasn't worked in a long time. And I know the one right there now no longer has a battery. Does the one by my boy's room even work? Have I tested it? Have I gone and made sure that that there's still life there? Have I went to an altar and made sure there's still conviction there that's there to alert me and nudge me and tell me something's not right? I know I'm supposed to go do that every once in a while to make sure everything's okay, but I have been asleep and I've not been paying attention and there are people I love that are in my home that had a fire came. We might not have ever Never known it. All because of an annoyance, all because of a pesky alarm that drives me crazy, and it happens every time in the night. 
God, help me. Help me not to be asleep at such an hour. And in my vision, I see my boys with these batteries reaching, trying to get up there, trying to put the battery in. And they can't reach it. And I can go up without a ladder or anything and just plop it in there and close the lid and then we're good. It's not my kids' responsibility. It's not on them to make sure that my house is a safe place. It's not on them for me to make sure that we're in a safe environment. It's not on them in this hour to do all of these things. It's for the watchmen. It's for the moms and dads. It's for the ones that know how to pray and know how to do all of these things. You hear me? When the death angel came that night, dad could have said, well, it ain't going to affect me. It ain't going to bother me. It's coming for the children. I don't have to go do anything. I don't have to take the extra mile. But there were some dads that knew what it was going to take. It was going to take sacrifice. It was going to take work on their part. It was going to take the blood. And the children went up to that doorpost. They couldn't reach it. But dad said, here, let me see that. That's not for you. I'm supposed to be the one doing that. I'm supposed to be the one making sure this is a safe place. What happens when there really is danger? What happens when fire really is near? What happens when He really is at the door? And I no longer heed the word of the preacher Because I've heard it all before. I've heard that alarm so many times, preacher, that now it doesn't faze me anymore. I've been in His presence enough now, I kind of know how He flows and operates. Brother Scott Graham told a story of a man who was pastoring, and this lady came in the church. The moment she walked in the back door, she trembled and tears fell from her face. And she'd sit there and wail all through the service. It was her first time ever in the house of God. And she just trembled and cried. They're taking the offering and she trembled and cried. They're doing announcements and she trembled and cried. She could not wait for the preacher to give altar call. And she was the first one at the altar with hands lifted, shaking and tears falling down her face. And she said, preacher I I can't stop I can't stop crying I can't stop praying I don't know what's going on I've never been in, in, in this place before and I don't know what's happening tell me preacher what is this and the preacher said brother Graham I told her the only thing that I felt to tell her in that moment is ma'am you're feeling this way and you're responding this way because you're in the presence of God and he said I watched as she looked around my congregation And she said, then why am I the only one trembling? And why am I the only one crying? And Brother Graham said that preacher began to weep and sob because we've become so desensitized. It's just become our norm. The alarms that go out on a daily basis. The warnings of God. Those convictions that you once held so dearly that you thought don't matter anymore. You took the battery out because you don't want to hear it anymore. Because it really doesn't make that big of a difference. Hear me greater life 
life, church. That alarm needs to be heard in this hour. You ought to open your ears this morning and say, God, I can't miss it. I can't not hear it. God, open my heart again. God, open my ears again today. Come on, we've all been guilty of it. We've all been guilty of those alarms being silenced. We've hit the snooze button long enough. God is coming soon and very soon. It's not easy talk. It's not something easy for the preacher to preach about. It's truth. God inconvenience me. God, let it annoy me. Let it wake me up out of my sleep. Let it get me searching all over the house. Where is it? Where's that noise coming from? Where's it coming from? And when I get there and when I find it, let me take the battery out and let me put a new one in and say, there, now I can go back to sleep peacefully and be safe. Now I can go about what I need to do knowing that that alarm still works. Knowing that conviction still would put me on my knees and get me on my face where I say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I haven't listened. I'm sorry I let go of some convictions. I'm sorry, God, that I've done some of these things. Oh, and it all happened when I begin to get tired and I begin to grow weary and I felt like I needed sleep more than I needed that awakening. <laughs> Come on all over this house. Find you a place to pray right now. Find a place for you to bury your face in the carpet or a pew. Oh God. Today, Lord, you are nearer than ever before. God, I know how I used to respond. But Lord, I've become weary. God, I've become desensitized by those things. False alarms, oh God. But this alarm is true. This alert is something we all must heed in this hour. Awake me, God. Whatever it takes, God, wake me up. Wake me up. Wake me up. How many things have found their way into my home because I was asleep? How many have been lost, God, because we were asleep? 
How many tears, how many troubles have I dealt with because I fell asleep? How many temptations have I fallen into because I could not watch and pray? Oh, my children, God, they depend on it. They don't see the dangers. They don't see what we see. Oh, and the enemy has come so quietly, waiting on us to fall asleep, and he creeps in. Lulling us to sleep. Keeping us busy every day. Wearing us out. Waiting on the opportunity for us to say, Oh, I'm so tired, God. I would go to church today, but I'm so tired. I would pray, but I'm so weary. I would fast, but I'm so weak. (laughs) Come on, somebody, right now, intercede. Somebody needs to travail right now. Somebody needs to repent right now. God, forgive me. For every time, God, that I have ignored those nudges, I've ignored your word. Thinking I know best, thinking I know my limitations, and I know what's best for me. All the while, I'm not seeing the danger that is there. God, I can't expect my children to do this by themselves. Oh, God, help me, Lord, to be a watchman. Help me to be awake at all times. That I would not be ignorant or naive to what's going on around me. And pass it off as just another day. Oh God, for this hour we are in, God. Is the last hour, so God. We see the signs. We hear of wars and rumors of wars. We see brother against brother. Now God, let us be awake. Let us hear that alarm today. Ikayanabahasatoyopokosa. Ta <laughs>
Wake up, child of God. Wake up, father. Wake up, mother. Oh, he kalalala. Does it stir you anymore? Does it wake you anymore? You're so used to the sound that you can keep sleeping. It no longer bothers you. It no longer wakes you in the night. Wake up. Wake up, wake up. Oh, ikata la 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 baha. Ilonobo yosata ikayaya. Ila la la baha kaya la la baha. Ila la baha kata. Wake us, Lord. Wake us, O oh God. Every mom, every dad. God, if there's something, Lord, in our home that doesn't belong, God, let us see it, Lord. God, if there are some things that are there that I did not approve of and I was not aware of, and the enemy came in while I was sleeping, God, let me be privy to it. Let me see it. Oh God, and let me deal with it. Atayabokosata. Ila rabakasatoloboko rabahaya. Asariombo yoko rabaha. Ila raboko yabaha. I'd like for all of our men to come to the altar right now. You can stand, you can kneel, do whatever you feel, but I'd like for every man in the building to come up to the front. Oh 
Man, once you're up here, I want you to take the hand or put your arm around your brother right now. And I want you to encourage one another and pray that God would strengthen them. You are the watchman of your home. You're the priest of your home. God, right now, I pray for all of our men that are here today. Wake us up, Lord. God, let us see the hour in which we are in. Let us stand as men, God, before you today. Not cowards, but courageous men of God who's able and willing to fight all of hell for our families. That's willing to die for our babies. That's willing to lay ourselves down again at an altar. Wake us up, God. Wake us up, God. Let us hear that warning. Let us hear that alert. Let us see the signs and the signals. God, if my brother is struggling today, lift his spirit. If my brother is weak today, encourage him. Come on, some of you men, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you men, obey what God is speaking to you right now. Lay the hand on somebody. Pray for them right now. We don't have time for cute church. We don't have time to be distinguished. We need God. We need the touch of God. God, I speak against everything that would come against my family. I stand against every enemy that would try to come in the night, that would try to steal my family, that would try to break up my home, that would try to sow tears, that would try to ruin me. I speak out against it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I rise above that thing that wearies me every day. I will not give in. I will not give up. Oh, and I will not go to sleep in this hour. Oh, now I want all the ladies to, if you can join in as close as you can. If there's not room up here, stand out in the aisle. All over this house. All over this house. Everybody come. I don't want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. I just want to obey the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, get in as close as you can. 
Hakaya Bahasata. Oh, Hatara Bahasata. Hakaya Mahasandara Baha. Come on, come on, come on. Tap into it right now. Hear the voice of God speaking right now. Come on, join together, brothers and sisters. Join together with your family. Join with those that are around you right now. Hear this word. Hear the voice of the Lord. Heed the word today. Right now, God, all over this house. Right now, God, everyone. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He Now, right now, Brother James Hughes is going to pray. I want every hand lifted all over this house right now as we listen to the word. Lord Jesus, I pray your blessing upon your children today. I know Satan's greatest desire would be to destroy every home represented here today. So, Jesus, would you station angels around every home? I pray your anointing upon every man that's here today, that he would become the man he should be to his world, the father he should be to his children, the husband he should be to his wife. I pray today he would become the priest of his home and that he would lead his home in spiritual things today, that he would set the example in worship and dedication and prayer and commitment today. I pray your blessings upon every lady who's here today, Jesus. I pray she becomes the lady her world needs to see, the mother her children need, the wife her husband needs. You gave her incredible abilities to nurture and to bring life into this world. I pray, Lord, that she would become the teacher of her home that you've empowered her to be in raising children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Lord, I pray that our children today would become the vessel of honor you created them to be, that they discover every talent, every ability that you placed in them, and that they become everything you've equipped them with. The world would like to destroy who they are, but Jesus, I pray today that they discover you and in doing so can uncover every detail of their life you created for them to enjoy and to live. I pray your blessing upon our children to grow up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so that they would put their trust in you and know that you and you alone are the one who will deliver them. I pray you'd bind our hearts together in the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. I pray your anointing upon every home, every life here today. I pray blessings into every family that's here today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.